You're now listening to the Thousand Story Podcast, presented by Thousand Story. to the Thousand Story Podcast. We are your hosts, Najee. And Louise. And last episode, we were joined by our good friend, Chloe Heavey from STEM. And we discussed how independent musicians make money from their independent releases. Uh, so today, we're continuing our conversation and delving a little deeper into Chloe's story and how she came about working for STEM, her philosophy on, on life, and uh, you know, just a bunch of other random cool stuff. So we hope you enjoyed as much as we did, and uh, we will see you there. <laughs> got it. Got it. So, you know, how does how does one get into that position? Where do you how do you get from how did you get to STEM? You know, what was what was the kind of progression from wherever you were to mm. now? <laughs> totally. So I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I always grew up around music, being in an area that I don't know, live music is huge in Atlanta. Um, mm, fortunately, right. both my parents, neither of them play music, but love, love music and are mm. what you would call hip, I would say, in terms of how parents goes and always were introducing me to new music. Um, anyways, cool. I got into music. Have you guys ever seen VH1's top 100 um, hip hop songs of all time? It's like a three hour long yeah. show. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Okay. I saw that when I was about 12, 11 or 12. And at the time, like Soldier Boy and Chingy, and like Jim Jones is what's yeah. like playing on the radio. So it's like rap sucks. Yes. Hate it. The Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sitting in bed and um, the show comes on and I think Biz Marquis, uh song comes on and I was like, whoa, what is this music? I've never heard rap music like this. Because like Soldier Boy is against my frame of reference for what rap music right. is at the time. right. Long story short, I'm glued to the TV, obsessed. Um, I find out when the episode is coming on again by looking at, like, the TV guide. And next time it came on, I sat down with, like, a piece of paper, pen, wrote down every song, artist, year it came out, and any details about the album or the artist I could find that they would tell me. Mm -hmm. And I spent, and this Mm. is so dorky, but I spent probably the next two years, so it's, like, early middle school, just taking notes yeah. on not only the <laughs> artists that I had found via this show, but any type of rap artist that I could find. Um, and it was that's, for my pure enjoyment. That's super awesome. Yeah. I remember when I was that young and I was like getting into rap and hip hop and I would have like a, a tape that I had in my little <laughs> stereo and I would wait. I would wait until like my favorite track come on, like would come on and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to record this. It's time. I wait all day. <laughs> I listen to the radio all day long just to, to get 50 Cent Window Shopper. Like, Bro, I feel <laughs> you. I can't even remember. What what, time, what year was that when Window Shopper came out? Oh, that was like early 2000s. Like early, early 2000s. Yeah. I was still, I was like 2005. We'll say I think it was like 2004, 2005. Yeah. I, was, I was being <laughs> homeschooled at that time. And, you know, you have a lot of free time when you're homeschooled. At least in my case, I did. So, you know, the only thing that I kind of involved myself with and enveloped myself 
with was music. You know, I, I was playing mm. it at that time. I wasn't actually making it, but as a drummer. So that was like the only thing I did. And I was obsessed with it. I still am, but you know, that was like the only thing I did. But it was either drumming or listening to the radio on repeat just constantly. Yes. Like, because my mom was also a bus driver at the time. So, um, you know, she would have us with her in the car or whenever she, or whenever we go and pick up kids, you know, she'd play <laughs> radio music for the kids, even though like some of the stuff was a bit intense. She's like, it's all right. They'll, they'll be all right. Just, just don't tell anybody. <laughs> but it was a really, really fun time. I, I remember that. Damn. Yeah. It was like that wonder of just like learning music for the first time or hearing like the type that you vibe with for the first time. Yes. You know I mean? It is. What's, so, yeah. It's oh, do you, do you have any of those experiences? Like, what was your first, like, oh my gosh, this music thing is amazing experience? Yeah. Like, like, what do you have any of those for me? Yeah, um, I think it was so after that show, and I started doing my own discovery. Was do you guys remember Capital Steez and American Corruption? I don't, I don't. remember them. Okay, Ooh, we're learning Capital Steez <laughs> started pro era, so this was like OG pro era out of New York. Um, I don't know. And I was really enthralled with him particularly. Right. Um, and then there was this company called Decon Records that they were sort of a media company. Um, and they also signed Jurassic Five because they had a few artists, mm. like actual rappers that they found. So for me, Pro Era and Decon Records were these entities that I was just like, I need to be in that. This is me. And mind you, I'm this like young white girl who has no business <laughs> resonating with rap music in any way. But I don't know why. It really spoke, it spoke to me. And I was like, this matters. Um, and the lyricism, I think, is what really grabbed me and got it became an obsession, really. Interesting. So pro era, progressive era, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it's short for. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so they're a hip hop collective from Brooklyn. I oh, and Joey Badass. Oh wow! Okay, got it. CJ Fly, Kirk Knight. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's super cool. I learned something new today. Same. (laughs) No, we have guests on the show. (laughs) What about you guys? Did you have a moment like that, like a song? Oh gosh, I will say this: the first album that I ever purchased with my own money. That you know, so I got an. I remember I, I got an iPod for Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> and I got like, I think it was like a 10 or $15 like mm. iTunes gift card or something like that. Yeah. And my, my, I was at my, staying at my grandparents' house here in Erie uh, at the time. And they had just the shittiest, worst internet connection right. ever. <laughs> like it was just so, it was still like dial up. It was so, it was awful. But I purchased Kanye West late registration. First album I ever bought. Oh man. And so it took cool. me it took me like 20 hours to download the album. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember sitting like next to the computer just waiting for this thing. Like I would check on mm. it like every 10 minutes because I was like, I just want to hear it. Like I just want to <laughs> know what it is. You know, I don't know. I was, yeah. Gosh. I was way into it. I think okay, I was I was really big into the LimeWire era, like when that was still mm. a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was like post Napster, but like in the middle of the LimeWire era. So mm-hmm. the first time I had heard about it was from my cousin. And there was this this one band that was on the MTV. It was like, Hello, Hello, Goodbye. Or I can't remember the name of the hello band. Hello, Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, I, Goodbye. I, I think, yeah. I think they were a, named after that Beatles song. I like right. yeah. so, where you are. Exactly. That, mm-hmm. that song. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that song has almost nothing to do with the story. But <laughs> it was... 
<laughs> just that, a random bit of useless it information. Was, it, it's, it's useful in the sense that it, it was the catalytic moment where I was like, ooh, I kind of I kind of dig this song. I heard it and I wasn't really mm-hmm. on it. Like Shazam wasn't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I really, really like this song. How do I find this? Like, I'm obsessed. And then my cousin had this thing called LimeWire. And then she showed me. She said, oh, yeah, you just get this for free. And I was I like, wait, that. what? Wait, no, you're joking. You can get yeah. this stuff for free? And then at that point, when I discovered that you could download music for free, this coming from an indie artist, mind you, you know, like just full disclosure, right. yes, I was a full pirate. Right. Yeah, just like 100%. Oh, we all were. We all were. Before Spotify and <laughs> iTunes was really doing it, we all just definitely like gave our computer viruses and oh, all those things. Like 100% just to, of the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but at that point, when when I was like, oh, there's this entire world of unknown music. Like, I was just obsessed with LimeWire. And, and then I was like, oh, my God. I just started <laughs> digging for the most random stuff. So I, I ended up really getting into, um, what's the band that, that does the song, like, Barbie Girl? Uh, oh, uh, like, no like the actual Barbie Girl song? Yeah. Like, the, like, like Hello I'm Barbie, Barbie Let's Go Party. Yeah, that, that one. Like that. Oh, God. That I got to search it up. I don't know. I got obsessively into it. And then I started getting, Aqua. like, Aqua. Ugh. Aqua. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, random. I'm into Aqua. That's so random. That's so random. But that, that's definitely one of those moments. I was like, Aqua is life, bro. Like, I started going through the, the whole discography. My it was God. like, there were, there were like 20 songs that I was just bumping on repeat. And then it just, I just kept falling into just happy accidents. That's super I, yeah, I ended up finding this one song. It was like, you know, this is what it's like to fuck on cocaine. I was like, whoa. What is Whoa. Up? I'm 12. What's yeah. happening? Where were you on the internet? Where did you spend your time on the internet, man? I spent man? my time in very dark places. But lightning at the same time. 4chan. Yeah. See, I, I wish I was on 4chan a lot. But I was, I had a lot of friends on 4chan. So I knew of it. But, you know, 4chan kind of culture was a whole other side. I was like, okay, you guys yeah. do your thing over there. <laughs> I'll be over here. But yeah, that yeah. that kind of moment when I found that, a definite was like, oh, music is amazing. <laughs> Chloe, you were telling us a little bit about your your family. What and and how they introduced you to to new music like all the time. What what, what were they like growing up? Sure. So my dad is this kind of dorky guy from Ireland. Um, he's a dorky, cool dad that you would be like a cartoon character where you're like, dad, stop Mm. dancing. But it's kind of cool that he's dancing. (laughs) Um, that's Robert Heavey. He moved here when he was 23 from Ireland to start his own business and is like very much epitome of the American dream. Um, (laughs) Robert is very into female pop artists. Um, and then folk music. And kind of indie rock. That makes sense. So he was very about Keen. He was very about Wolf Mother, um, Linkin yes, Park. Wolf Mother. Ooh. Death Cab for Park? Cutie. Yeah. So all the kind of moody oh. rock music that isn't exactly yes. rock, but like rock adjacent. Like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Robert was oh, about yeah. that. And then Katy Perry and like Sia <laughs> and anything that was remotely like power women. Robert is all mm, about. That's awesome. Got it. Um, Robin. What's, what's Mama Hebe like? <laughs> Robin? Robin, yes. Robin, Robin is mm. a really funny, like, obnoxious Jersey girl. And the type of Jersey mm. girl that's like, I'm from Jersey. Snap, snap. Um, <laughs> loves 90s R&B, like, boys to men, Aaliyah. Um, so she's kind of, like, the fun one. Um, her ringtone, once ringtones became a thing, 
was Montel Jordan's mm. This Is How We Do It. Yes. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, already, I already love Robin. That song is a jam. <laughs> yeah. That song is a jam. It's a bop. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bop. <laughs> so that was, she kind of gave like the R&B hip hop vibes. Dad mm-hmm. was like the sad boy alt vibes and sometimes female <laughs> empowerment. Got it. Awesome. Well, who are some of your favorite all-time artists? Oh, wow. Um, I know that's tough. It's hard to just, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, I think <laughs> favorite all-time artists. I don't think I have favorite artists. I have favorite albums that mean a lot to me that are I feel okay. random. Yes, I feel that. One is Lily Allen's All Right Still. Hey. That was a great album. That that has one of my favorite songs on it, uh, Littlest Things. That Dude, Littlest Things is, is my favorite track my of hers. Because I know, you know, Fuck You is like a great, right. yeah, like, that was a great song. It. Everybody knows it. But Littlest Things is just. That is, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I, I went through many a breakup with that song. I, <laughs> I, but like many an induced breakup. Like I was, I, I was the one breaking up with them. And I was like, here's some consolation. Here's Lily Allen, which is terrible. Because <laughs> you have that song and then you have Fuck You. Like, right. It was just like, like a, a, a nice little roundabout <laughs> catharsis. <laughs> who, else, who, who else is on your list? Um, next was John Legend, mm. um, Once Again. Once Again. Okay. Was that before the one with Ordinary People on it? Yes. Let me see. It was, this one was released in 2006. Got it. Mm, Okay. That OG John Mm. Legend. (laughs) That that pre John Legend, John Legend. Pre John Legend, John Legend. Um, And then what other, and this one's kind of embarrassing. So don't hate me. That's the best. But have you ever seen the movie Take the Lead with Antonio Banderas? Oh, okay. I remember that movie. I okay. have that movie. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. I like that. And movie. also, <laughs> Antonio Banderas is amazing. Yeah, there is he no. He is amazing. In- I would like yeah. a poster of <laughs> his face. That is incredible. I could say um, that. I respect that decision. <laughs> but the soundtrack from that movie is very important Got to me. Got it. And I'm sure there's lots of other albums that I could think of, but those are the three that feel yeah. really important and are at the forefront of my mind. So I'm going to just stop there before I, you know, <laughs> go off. I totally feel you on that that movie album, though, the movie soundtrack mm-hmm. album, because I had uh, Bad Boys 2. Hey, that, that, was, that was a classic. <laughs> that was a classic album. When Air yeah. Force Ones came out? That, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was like my summer. Because they had Mystical. Mystical was on that album. Man, a lot of people were on Watch that album. Watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, that dude was crazy. It was good. That dude was crazy. It was awesome. Damn. I was going to say, oh, for a movie soundtrack, myself, I think, surprisingly, it'd be Meet the Robinsons. Um, Meet the Robinsons? Meet the Robinsons is probably one of my favorite movie soundtracks of all time. Not because, well, I mean, the, obviously the, the composition, like the, I can't remember who did the score. It was either Hans Zimmerman or John... What's his face? Um, <laughs> well, John Williams. John Williams. Thank you. Um, but it wasn't even that. It was a lot it of. It was tracks. Danny Elfman. It was. But that that album had like two or three, <laughs> two or three ch- tracks on it that were just I had on repeat as a kid. Like there was this one song. Uh, it was "Where Is Your Heart At" from uh, what is the guy's name? Where is your? Heart at. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, Jamie Cullum. That's his name. All right. Where is your heart at? Jamie Cullum was one of my favorite songs off of that record. Like, I don't know if it came from that that album or if he just made it separately and they like 
put it on there. But there's that, a lot of good. There's a lot oh. of good movies that have like really, really great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mega Mind was also another Mega good, was a good one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Garden State was a good one. Garden State. All the songs from Garden State. Chloe, do you know that? Have you seen that movie at all? Nope. I've actually I've never watched the movie, but I know the soundtrack. <laughs> Interesting. Because it's got like zero seven in it. Zero seven. Who's zero seven? They have that song in the waiting line. Nope. Hmm. I don't know them. I have to, oh, it's very like chill, chill hop. Chill, chill hop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the chillest <laughs> of hop. The chillest, <laughs> the chillest of, hops. of hops. Like I used to fall asleep to them. Like they're they're super good. I like them a lot. Check them out. Okay. Yes, do. So another question about your middle school years. Um, <laughs> I was I was I was telling Louise, Louise a little while ago. Like you kind of remind me a lot of myself in that you were quirky and just very direct, like in like just to the point. Just like this is what it is. I don't know what to tell you, but this is how I'm feeling. You're gonna have to take a look. At it. <laughs> and I love that. That is beautiful. But I kind of I formed that kind of part of myself for that aspect of my personality around my middle school years because I was homeschooled. So mm. I had that time to just in, like just soak in myself and figure out what I was doing instead of having like, you know, 12, 12 year olds be like, you should do this. Also watch porn all the time. Like <laughs> it, it was, it was, you know, a very formative period of my life. So where do you feel like your personality kind of just started to take hold and, and, you know, you start to become Chloe, the Chloe that you are now. Oh, such an interesting question. Um, mm-hmm. So I did not have friends at like a massive level until the eighth grade. And wow. okay. three very important things happened the summer before eighth grade. Um, Chloe got her braces off. That's uh, a big step. That's she a big step. That's a big step. grew boobs. <laughs> and like three or four inches. So became like significantly skinnier. So there was just like a great concoction of aesthetic changes for me (laughs) between seventh and eighth grade. And my mom was just like, yo, like you don't have sleepovers. And I think that's kind of weird. And I was like, oh, all right. And And honestly, the idea of not having friends had never occurred to me. I had like the one girl that I hung out with named Ashley sometimes. And, like, I was chilling. And I was like, all right, eighth grade, we're entering a new year. We've got boobs. Let's do this. <laughs> so i say the personality uh, was formed. It just wasn't, like, tested until then. Uh, right. And eighth grade was probably, well, I, won't, I don't want to say it's my peak, but it was a great year. <laughs> I would be really concerned if that were your piece. I hope it wasn't. I don't think it is, judging by what you're doing I don't now. Think I definitely don't think it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely don't think eighth grade was the peak. I think it was like, okay, there are like several peaks that you go through a lifetime, yeah, yeah. right? Like, I mean, like, some people peak hard, though. They do peak hard. They do like, peak really hard. I don't want to say, like, oh like athletes... <laughs> I feel really bad saying that. I'm not, I don't want to try to alienate people. I'm just saying... Y'all made me feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like you've gone through another one since then? Or like, are you just, you just been consistent? Oh, 100%. grade, Chloe is. No, no, no. I think I went through a very angsty phase, like Mm. end of high school of, I know what I want to do with my life. I have it Mm. figured out. At the time I was living on my own. And so I was very independent and thought I had all the answers. This was 17, 18. So the, my June, like end of junior and senior year of high school, I was living by myself 
and God, was okay. very headstrong and like, I am going to leave for L.A. and I'm going to run the music business. <laughs> da, 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 da. No one can stop me. I'm lighting things on fire. Um, <laughs> and I would say that personality was so aggressive and extended throughout the college period for the first two years where mm. I was very gung-ho about career success and doing mm. all the internships and the mm-hmm. kid in class that asks all the questions and everyone like kind of respects, but secretly thinks is the worst. Okay. Yes. You, you, you want to vote? No. <laughs> I, I, I think in retrospect, looking back on it, I, yeah, I was kind of annoying. Um, what did you study in, in, in college? If you don't mind me asking. Music industry. Okay. Oh, oh it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The VH1 moment for me, was actually a big, like I decided I wanted to work in music that day and it just never. That's a huge moment. Yeah. It never went yeah. away for me. Um, it just got increasingly more intense yeah. as I got older. Um, but yeah, so that the last personality change happened at the end of college after mm. tons of internships, um, doing A&R stuff and management mm-hmm. and, I don't know, a bunch of different things um, and being very mm. gung-ho. And I had this existential crisis where I realized – I didn't think that I wanted to work in music anymore. And really? Yes. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I realized that LA and the scene of music, like the scene of the industry was not Mm -hmm. what I had thought it was going to be. Um, Interesting. And I felt. It was a very disillusioning time, I guess. Yeah, it was. And I also felt like working in the industry, I had to pretend to be someone that I wasn't. And Mm -hmm. when I reflected upon, like, my behavior throughout college, I was like, dude, I've been stunting so hard for (laughs) the last two and a half years. And, like, I still don't – I've had all the internships. I have the job offers. But I didn't – I didn't Hmm. feel happy. Okay. And someone – We talk about this. We definitely had this conversation. Yeah. 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 And someone very close to me pulled me aside. And they're like, you know, when you describe yourself, you list off your resume. And that's not who you are. Who are you? And I'd never been asked that question. So that was a big moment at the end of college where I was like, oh, your identity and what you do for a living are two separate things. Who would have thought? Um, So, yeah, senior year of college was like I put a big hold on all things career, all things success, all things music Mm -hmm. and Mm. asked myself those the who are you questions for the first time. For the first time, interesting that you didn't you you had those questions that not late, obviously it's not late, but like that far, I guess, into your your life that you wouldn't even ask. That. I mean, it's it's not like that's a bad thing, but it's just it's just wow. It's it's funny how that doesn't occur to most of us to just ask that question until we've gone through it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had some experiences in college <laughs> that, that caused me to to question those certain things as well. Right. And yeah, no, it's true though because you you do notice, uh, and I don't I don't know if it was the same for you, Chloe, but you notice how many people really don't stop and ask themselves that, you know, who don't stop to really think about who they are in in this whole in this world, you know, and and who they are to themselves and what that even means, you know, they're so willing to give up their their time and and their energy into something that they don't really believe in. Exactly. Exactly. So. 
kind of diving into the next question here, um, you know, you've you kind of expressed to me that you're you're a somewhat spiritual person. I wouldn't say I don't know the, to what extent that mm-hmm. is, but um, that you are a spiritual person. So um, what kind of caused you to, you know, ha- has that always been an aspect of your life or is that something that even in, in more recent time has, has been a change? No. So it was not a part of my life. I was raised almost anti-religious. So both my oh. parents felt Ooh. very strongly um, anti-religion, anti-organized religion, um, and was brought up with a rhetoric God, of religion is not a good thing. Um, mm, interesting. I, yeah, cause your dad is Irish. So yeah, he was Roman Catholic yeah. and was raised that way, but had yeah negative experiences with it and kind of right. let go of the religion once he moved to the United States. Um, <clears throat> got it, got it, got it. but spirituality didn't enter my life in a big way until that same time in college where I was asking myself, who am I? Where are my priorities? What's my purpose? Like the big questions. Um, right. And I started meditating <laughs> like everyone that moves to California begins to do. <laughs> um, very cliche, but I don't know. For me, it's quote unquote worked. Um, mm. And meditation became a very powerful thing for me. Um, I went to Yosemite for a week by myself with no phone, um, no drugs, nothing like that. Mm. Um, and it was just kind of solace or solitude rather for seven days. Yes. And for me, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it other than I felt a presence. It's very hard to describe to someone who hasn't gone through that same experience. Like, I don't think uh-huh. you find spirituality. I very much believe that it finds you and you can't introduce people mm-hmm. to it. Um, mm-hmm. y- you have to have that moment. Um, and for me, there is that moment happened then where I was like, oh, wow, there's definitely something more to all of this. Um, right. And once I came back from Yosemite, I continued meditating and it really changed my life in terms of being able to um, pick up on just different interpersonal things. So I would be able to pick up on when people in the office were feeling a certain way. And I would typically know why they felt that way, or I would have some Mm. sort of inclination of what the subject was. Weird stuff like that, of being very perceptive. Um, And it's been, it's enabled me to help others. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. This is very cool. I feel like I need to dive into this and find purpose with this, help people. I need a community Mm. of individuals around me that can open this up and provide a little bit more explanation and structure. Mm. I knew I didn't believe in religion because I believed in that feeling that I had when I was in Yosemite, like that connection. And I wanted it to be my own. Um, I found this place in Culver City. Um, It's called Agape. And it's a non-denominational spiritual gathering, I would say, is the best Mm. word for it. Um, it's a group of people that come together to talk about not God in the terms of like the biblical God or a God that's on paper, but God in the sense of whatever you perceive God to be and really just the Mm -hmm. connection between people and energy and how to put forth the best energy into the world, those kind of things. Um, so I do that. that. That is part of, that is the Agape, meaning of agape, though, right? In the in the Greek, I think it, that's the literal. There's Greek like term, different yeah, types yeah. of love, and agape right. is one of those. Agape, types yeah, of love. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the charitable love, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
That is incredibly insightful. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, and the reason why I ask you all of that is because, you know, the whole kind of the whole kind of point for us to have you on the show in the first place is not just because you're part of the music industry, but because you're also, in your own sense, uh, you know, a creative, a 20-something person hmm. trying to figure out what's going on and how you're going to accomplish that and, hmm. and just living kind of wholesomely and helpfully at the same time. And we don't really have much of a reference point as 20-something creatives to what that looks like because we're all trying to, you know, we're all kind of experimenting. Yeah. Um, so it's it's good to know that, you know, there are ways to kind of have a groundedness about yourself and and kind of have this, what I like to call the, the dooby-dooby-doo mentality where you do, but then you be and reflect and, and actually cause yourself to grow from that reflection. So thank you for that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's good to know that that kind of exists, especially in a place like the music industry where, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to change the standard and bring in more uh, genuine nature and people who actually care about you know, humans or people or artists, you know. <laughs> so we appreciate you for that. We appreciate your personality. Oh, I appreciate but, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that, this, this has been a wild journey. This has been very informative, very educational, very, very relieving and uh, very insightful, you know. So thank you so much, Chloe, for being here to talk about it. Just talk about life and talk about what you're doing. Thank you for having me on and for being patient with my haphazard storytelling. Oh, no, we <laughs> no. see we are fans. We are like we are like strictly limited to haphazardry. So we <laughs> we love it. So all good. So yeah. where can we find you online? Where can we find you know, what you what you're up to? What's what, where, where's Chloe's all internet right. presence? <laughs> Chloe's internet presence is at clo money clo problems on Instagram. How do you spell that? So they say they know. <laughs> C-L-O money. Money. C-L-O problems. Beautiful. All one word. Um, Excellent. Yeah, I'm on there. I do Instagram stories that are kind of obnoxious, but in a fun way. So that's just something to look forward to. Also quite haphazard. <laughs> Oh, I know. Like, like I said, I am, I am a regular imbiber, so I'm aware. Where can we find you guys? Ah, uh, you can find us at, uh, well, me, on, on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Najiboy. That's M-R-N-A-J-I-B-O-Y. And I go under at L Pontilla. That's L-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O on Instagram. And then my Twitter is at Luis Pontilla. L-U-I-S-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O. Someone took at El Pontil on Twitter and I'm just, and they don't even use the account. I'd be pissed. I would be pissed. I'm so mad. Like, I'm trying to reach out to this person. I'm so mad about it. If you're listening, we're coming for you. Like, we're coming for you, I took this picture when we went to the Smino show in Toronto. I took the picture of Smino and I had it on my Instagram and he put it on Twitter and he tagged the other dude. Bro! And I was just like, dude, no. This dude... I don't even know where he lives. He's just out here getting credit (laughs) for no reason. (laughs) He don't know Smino. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's been a blast. Thank you so much again. And feel free to come back at any point and chat with us just in case you have any new ideas or just want to share more haphazardry because we love it. It was awesome to meet you, Chloe. Sending you guys hugs with my brain. Um, well, that's it for this episode. So join us next episode where we'll be talking about 
Building the dream Building team. Building the dream team. It's Jordan. J- <laughs> no. Larry. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. What you get?